Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Welcome everybody to I'll Hang Up and Listen. It's been a minute since I've seen you all, but 2023 is upon us and some new things. Ideally, I'll point to behind me the new studio setup, studio-ish setup, give you all a good look. Got rid of the jerseys, got rid of the jerseys that I was like too busy and uh, just kind of crammed all my uh, my starting lineup figurines, some pictures. A new Jim Craig picture over here. Um, some Bill stuff over here. So a lot, a lot going on over here for sure. But more importantly, the Buffalo Sabres just stormed back in the third period to beat the best team in the National Hockey League 4-3 to three in overtime. I cannot be more stoked. What a way to end 2022 when the last two weeks have been fucking miserable. How, Christmas was essentially canceled in Buffalo. Let's be real. Um, and, uh, you know, we're going into tonight for New Year's Eve. Uh, hopefully people are, you know, either catching up on their Christmas parties, combining Christmas parties and New Year's Eve parties. I don't know. I'm laying low tonight. I'm just definitely going to enjoy this big Sabres victory. And um, hopefully, uh, you know, ring in the new year and start, start off fresh and just like many people hope to do. But the Sabres picked up right where they left off earlier in 2022, continuing their winning streak to six games. Um, and just what a performance, honest to God. I mean, the big bad Bruins, right? The Bruins have honestly been on an absolute tear, a team that many people felt would probably be the team in the East to drop out of a playoff position. And we couldn't have been more wrong. I was one of them personally. I, I personally thought that the Bruins would fall off due to their age. Um, but, you know, goaltending from both Omar and Swayman has been phenomenal. Uh, that Bergeron, Marchand, and uh, Pasta line has been phenomenal. So, you know, they didn't miss a step. If, if anything, they took steps forward. And that had been great. Well, with that being said, the Sabres, you know, through a lot of struggles, started the season off like it was seven and three, went on an eight-game losing streak, uh, which was catapulted by some serious injuries on your blue line, where you're having AHL guys play, you know, 20 plus minutes a night. And then you come back out of that eight-game losing streak, and it's like you haven't missed a beat when you started the season. So uh just a recap, uh, real quickly, uh, before we get into the peanut gallery here. Uh, Alex talked with a huge night. He was in on every single goal tonight. Four-point night, who, for whom my opinion uh, will be the future captain of the Buffalo Sabres. I know that a lot of people will fight me tooth and nail on that. Uh, Jacob Bader being one of them. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I drew, truly believe that he is the next captain of this team. And there were some post-game comments that I'm going to tweet out uh, after I'll hang up and listen uh, to exemplify why I think he's the future captain of this team. But uh, Alex talked two goals, two assists. Dylan Cousins with a goal and assist tonight. Darlene with possibly his best assist of the season. I mean, he has he had some highlight reel moments this year, but I can't ex you know, I can't emphasize more that pass that led to the tying goal. That was a set play 
the moment he did it, before the puck, the shot was even taken, so that was a set play. He realized Tuck had a step on the Boston defense, and he shot the puck down in the corner hard enough for it to bank off the boards, and it came right to Tuck. Tuck fought him off, got the puck up to Cousins, Cousins finished. Just a great set play, just the awareness there by Darlene, him and Tuck kind of being on the same wavelength there, and just to finish that playoff was phenomenal. Um and then other goals, Tay Thompson with his 27th of the year. It's almost like it's also, it's a surprise, honestly, when that guy doesn't score this season. Um, and then um, it's tough for me to name a player of the game just because I think that four points in one game, especially the game winner and being integral on the game tying goal, uh, it really does kind of um, solidify you to be a player of the game, right? Your first star. But without the play of Ukabaka Lukan, we're never in that position because Sabres gave up some really like jaw dropping chances in their own end. UPL had to make some really big saves tonight or today. Sorry, not tonight. It was a matinee game. I uh, had to make some really, really, really big saves. I guess that's top line too of Pastor and Bergeron. And uh, without his play, we're not even in that position to, to get that game to overtime. Like that could have, that could have been a blowout. So uh, a couple of clicks. I'll give I'll give it to UPL, even though begrudgingly because I, I I'm a huge Tuck stand. Um, but I'll I'll give it to UPL tonight. Thirty seven saves on forty shots. Best game as a saver in my book. Um, you know, and really starting to, you know, make the decision a little bit more difficult when Comrie gets back off this assign uh rehab assignment in Rochester. Uh, you know which direction they're going to go in that. Because in my opinion, I don't think Comer really lost uh, his his position on this team. You can take a look at the numbers all you want, but he started off really well uh, as a Buffalo Saber. And then Samuelson got hurt. We had some other injuries, Labushkin, and you just and even you even UPL's game suffered too. I think the only guy that really didn't suffer all that much was Anderson. Anderson, you know, still played at, you know pretty well when he did when he was and not even during that stint. Uh, but UPL's game suffered too, so you can't even sit there and say that you know Com, you know Comrie lost his position. I think it's, I, I think kind of Baran even said it, um, in you know in between periods. I think you know UPL is in the driver's seat right now, and he has to make it impossible for this team to send him back to Rochester, which you know keeps playing like that. He is going to make that that decision very very difficult for Kevin Adams. Uh, but yeah, so. The game started off, you know, I was in a, in a group text with a couple of my friends. I'm like, not looking good, guys, because it just seemed the Sabres were chasing so much in their own end. Like, they were just chasing. They weren't keeping things simple. They were overhandling pucks. Uh, Casey Middlestad on one, one occasion, I remember uh, just, uh, try, or just trying to, you know, do too many things at once, gave the puck away, led to a scoring chance. Um, Olofsson, too, in front of his own net, instead of just getting the puck out, he tried to tried to carry the puck out through the middle of the ice from behind his own net, lost the puck, great A scoring chance in front of his own net. But um, the Sabres persevered. They went down one nothing off a phenomenal shot from uh, uh, Pasternak uh, from the Tage Thompson spot, as we're going to call it from now on. And uh, the Sabres persevered, and they battled back. They, you know, they didn't – and that's an easy thing to do against especially a team like the Boston Bruins. It's very easy to just – you know, well, here we go. Tage Thompson, phenomenal move in front of the net to score, tie the game. And then it was Alex Tuck uh, got the, you know, the second goal to make it 2-1. They come back, make it 2-2, make it 3-2. Guys are starting to grip their sticks a little bit tighter, but UPL's making huge saves, keeping a minute, keeping a minute. And then Darlene, um, I believe it was right after we killed the second, uh, the second, the second penalty um, of the five on three. Uh, well, there was a, there was a second half of the double minor. You know, he looks down ice, great vision here, and he, like I said, this was an absolutely a set play. He sees Tuck with a step on the defenseman, throws it hard down the ice, knows Tuck is going to have him beat for the icing, so that's not a problem. Um, actually, that might have been just nearing the end of that penalty. I have to take a look. It might not have been an icing. But regardless, he, he 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 recognizes the situation. Tuck fights him off, gets that puck to the middle of the ice. And who's there? The workhorse from Whitehorse, Dylan Cousins, to bury the puck to tie the game. 
and Sabres persevered, got through the rest of the period to keep that game tied, and then gets it to overtime. And it got right down, I think, to the last minute of overtime. And, again, Alex Tuck coming up huge. Dylan Cousins, again, hauling ass down the wing, finding Tuck in the middle of the ice, uh, stayed up high instead of going back door, stayed up high, and just beat Swayman clean. Um, I think even Swayman looked surprised that puck went in the net. So, and I, I don't think there was a happier guy in the arena either um, than UPL. Because, quite honest, one of the goalies, like, most frustrating thing about being a goalie is when you do put out a performance like that and it goes for nothing. I mean, granted, you know, we got a point there, but you want the win. When your goalie plays that well, you want the win. And that's a frustrating thing as a goaltender is when you do play that well and it goes and, and, and it's for nothing, essentially. You know, it sucks. So for them to get that win was huge for UPL. I mean, you know, and now again, six game winning streak. When's the last time this team has been on a six game winning streak? It was probably the 10 game winning streak when they, when they started the season off 10 and 0. So um, that was how many years ago? So, I mean, 17, 14, and I think two right now, well above a 50% chance uh, making the playoffs. And I, I, I tweeted it out before the game and I said it, uh, I think on either episode 111 of two goalies, one Mike, or maybe on a previous uh, all hang up and listen, I said, the Bruins are a huge, huge, huge test. This team literally is dialed in at all times. So well coached. Um, and they just play the game the way it's supposed to be, you know, and, um, you know, you, whenever you play against Boston, they don't take games lightly. I know they're looking forward to the winter classic. I think it's at Fenway park. Uh, but they don't take games lightly. They don't take nights off and they weren't going to take night off. You know, Olmark, I believe, uh, had some type of minor injury for Swayman to start, but regardless, Swayman on a lot of teams in the NHL is a starting goalie. Um, he's a very highly coveted one B. So don't look at this. It's like, oh, we got, you know, Swayman, not Olmark. You know, we want redemption against Olmark. Yeah, that would have been fine. But Swayman is a very, very good goaltender. Um, again, a starting goalie on a lot of teams in this league. So I, I just, uh, you know, I don't take anything away from this win. You know, that that was as hard fought as you are going to find a Sabres victory. And the importance of that victory, you know, again, you know, Sabres, the pressure was all on Buffalo. You know, coming out of this, it sucks, you know, to lose as the Bruins, but they're still who they are. They haven't lost their identity. They're still the best team in the league. Um, nothing has really changed for them after this. Sucks to lose, but they are still who are they are. They still are a contender to win the Stanley Cup this season. But what this meant for Buffalo is a really, I, I think in terms of this season, in terms of wins, this is the biggest shift, you know, in terms of, the direction you want this team to go. You always want them to be moving forward. But in terms of a statement game, this game was a statement. This really was a statement. Um, again, going back to what I said a few seconds ago, because of how finely tuned of a machine the Boston Bruins are. Make no mistake about it. There is no deeper team in the NHL, more built-to-win team right now, than the Boston Bruins. You can take a look at Colorado. You can look at Florida. You can look at Tampa Bay. I think Ted B with the closest, but in, for me, that is a team built to win a Stanley Cup, the blueprint. Um, they have so much depth and so much skill from line one to line four in that on their blue line. They are just so good. So this was such a huge statement for the Buffalo Sabres. And to go into 2023, having made this statement, the last game of 2022, I mean, playoffs? Playoffs? I've been saying it for a while, guys. Don't like, I've been saying it for a while. This is an in the hunt type of team. I've said it a hundred times. That graphic we used to see as Bills fans, Bills were always in the hunt, uh, you know, kind of like around like, like a five and eight, you know, or a five and eight record or a six, you know, six and seven record. You always see on the graphic in the hunt. Bills are in the hunt. Sabres are in the hunt. They are very much in the hunt. Um, and this is going to make some tough decisions for Kevin Adams. Because what do you do? What do you do if you're Kevin Adams? Do you continue to roll with this team that you have? Or do you try to improve it? You know, I know culture and the positivity of in that locker room is a huge thing. But at the end of the day, this is a business and business is winning. And they understand that. So what deals you make Kevin Adams with A, the ability to weaponize your cap space as much as you can. And B, the assets you have. 
Because draft, you know, I think with this team, as much as you value draft picks, I think that draft picks for me, you know, even to an extent, depending, you know, depending with first round picks, that that is like those are assets now for you to use to make this team better this season. They are. There are players on this team that maybe are pulling their weight enough to maybe get some attention around the league to a team that might be looking to A, um, unload some salary of their own, or B, just looking, you know, looking for a guy to come in to consistently contribute to maybe their bottom six, a goal scorer, uh, a got power play specialist. We all know who I'm talking about, a face-off guy. We all know who I'm talking about. Even though I didn't hate Casey Middlestat's game for the past couple weeks, he is still a guy, in my opinion, that might be on the outside looking in as far as his future of the team is. So hence why Kevin Adams might be looking at a guy like him. It's like, hmm, what do I do with Casey? I mean, you know, he's good in the locker room. He's, you know, blah, blah, blah. But I want to make this team better. I don't want to waste this and just depend on what we've been doing in order as enough to get us to the playoffs. Because good teams don't always do that. You always make a move at the deadline to try and, you know, improve this team. And I think even before the deadline. So if I'm Kevin Adams in 2023, if this streak keeps, this winning streak keeps growing, what do you do? I mean, you can't just keep playing Jacob Bryson and Cal Clegg every night. You need help on your blue line. Me personally, I've been a big advocate. I would like to see more help down the middle at center. And because uh, centers will always make their wingers better. It's the right type of centerman. Look at Tage Thompson, what he's been able to do since moving to center on that on that Tuck and Skinner and, and Tage line. It's been phenomenal. Dylan has been integral to the success of that kid's line, the, the Paterka, uh, Cousins, and Quinn line. He's been integral to it. I really think you need another centerman, in my opinion. You know, um, a guy who is good at faceoffs, a guy who can put the puck in the net consistently, because that's how good teams win. You have at least three lines that can that can play and score. Um, I'm not saying we don't have that right now, but I I'm on the fence of the side to say that you know I don't have a ton of faith in our bottom six to always score consistently. I use the word consistently. You know, uh, we have seen stretches this season where it has been your top six doing most of the work. Uh, again, that's not how great teams – that's not how good teams become great. I, I want to see more depth there. Uh, let's get to the peanut gallery here. We have some comments. Um, Greg Malcolm, woo, the Sabres, the nature boy Alex Tuck has entered the chat. I love it. I love, I love the woo thing from Alex Tuck. Um, um, from Paramat Pictures. Like I have said, the tides of turns for the Monday Night Wars, the Attitude Era of the Buffalo Sabres are back in full swing. I love that. I absolutely love it. Uh, from Robbie, hey, Dwayne, how do you feel about that win in overtime by the Sabres over the rival of the Bruins? Let's, that looks awesome, bud. Thanks, bud. I appreciate that. I really do appreciate that. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, too. Uh, what a win for the boys. Great game for Tuck. Solid w- once again is UPL on Darlene playing the role of Josh Allen at the end of the third. I'll hang up and listen to you, Dwayne, and your words of wisdom. Yeah, I mean, that's a good analogy, a Josh Allen analogy from, from end to end there. I like that. Precision at its finest. Uh, Michael Partham, I haven't seen you in a while of the chat, bud. Scoring the OT winner with Marshawn out there was icing on the cake. Absolutely, man. Like all the, all the beatings we've taken from Boston over the years, um, you know, all of the, all, of, all of the, the shit that Marshawn has pulled. It is nice to see him out there. I tweeted out earlier, the two goalies with Mike Chess, like curse of Lucic is finally officially over. The tides are turning. In my opinion, UPL has been looking good. I hope they keep him up here in Buffalo. Uh, yeah. You amongst a lot of other people. Unfortunately, it's not our decision to make with his signature woo call. I think it's safe to say the real nature boy is Alex Tuck. Agreed. Couldn't agree with you more, bud. And Mar- Mauricio, I love, love it when you're in the chat. Let's go Sabres, beat the so-called Big Bad Bruins. <laughs> Remember when Mar- Mauricio, when you're like a month ago, you were just all doom and gloom, and now it's just nothing but looking up, bud. You love to see it. Um, but, yeah, uh, this, again, was a big statement win for Buffalo. Now we go to the Bruins uh, numbers. Uh, David Krejci, a uh, big role player for them, two assists tonight. Marshan with a goal and assist. Pasternak with a goal and assist. Bergeron with a goal. So that top line doing most of the damage, if not almost all the damage, for all the damage for uh, for the Bruins tonight. You know, they're one of the best lines in hockey, if not the best line in hockey. Uh, they, they, they are literally, I would say, 90, 90% of the season, 95% of the season, they are on the score sheet. One of those three are on the score sheet. Unless they're getting shut out, they're on the score sheet. They're finding ways to impact the game. 
Um, and I don't think they've been shut out this season, to be quite honest. Their record is insane. So they are 28-4-4 as the Sabres move to 18-14-2. So, you know, couple couple clicks for the Buffalo Sabres. Again, taking down the big, bad Bruins because that, again, was huge. In terms of wins this season being the biggest, that is a huge, huge win and a great way to ice out 2022. Um Again, moving forward to to the rest of the schedule, um, I believe we have the Senators next. Correct me if I'm wrong. In Ottawa, yep, we have the Senators next, and then Buffalo returns home for their first game at in Buffalo in 2023. Their first game in Buffalo in a while due to the the you know the 2002 blizzard here in Buffalo. Um, you know, uh, first game probably in two weeks back in Buffalo um, against the Capitals. Uh, as Ovechkin continues to chase greatness. Uh, hopefully Buffalo can ice him too. And then against this coming Saturday, next Saturday against the Wild, they're back on the uh, – you know, you, no, no. There's no – they're on the road. They don't come back home until Saturday, actually. So even more so, maybe three weeks until Sabres play in Buffalo again. So I apologize for that mistake. Ah, there we go. But – Speaking of which, I know we all went through a lot of hell uh, through that storm here in Western New York. So I hope that we've kind of navigated through that and, you know, trying to get back to normalcy. I know it was pretty devastating. I remember looking out my window uh, last Saturday at like three o'clock in the morning, my front bay window. And I was like, wow, it's the very first time I've ever felt fear because of weather. Um, You know, Living in Western New York, obviously, we get a lot of slack for snow, in my opinion, before this year. Yeah, um, but in my opinion, I think that unjustifiably we get slack for snow normally because, you know, that's from the people on the outside look who don't live here, you know, say, oh, all does is snow there. I feel like over the last few years, the snowfall, at least in Western New York, has really been, you know, consistently over time rather than in big, we're getting dumped on by snow, you know, consistently like we have this year. Um, but this year is kind of a testament to that, that stereotype that comes with living in Buffalo, um, with like over 120 inches and two snowfalls. So it's, again, it's been, um, it's been hell since winter started for sure. Um, a guy looked out that window. I live in Tonawanda and I have Niawanda park right in front of my house, uh, where the water is. And they have like a, there's like a pier there, a walking pier. And to give you some visual, it's a, you know, you know, probably about at the, at the shoreline, it goes off the shoreline and, you know, it's posted up in the water. Um, I'd say it's about five feet above, above the waterline, five, six feet. And I was looking out the window and I've never seen the water so violent since I've lived out here in like the near 10 years I've lived out here. And um, it was just very violent. I couldn't see that walkway, that pier anymore because just the waves and how much the water had come up the come up uh the shoreline um it was scary it was absolutely scary and you know you know living up in the north towns we don't really get hit hard with snow um we're kind of fortunate to avoid a lot of that lake effect stuff um but you know for four days three three and a half four days just being kind of stuck here in the house uh because of the weather my house was shaking um just it was it was scary man and i'm glad i shopped when i did you know so i could you know you know Stay no, I was probably gonna be staying indoors. I shopped enough, made sure I, you know, I could hunker down here and have enough to eat. And me and Dom the dog just got some good bonding time, I guess, watching Christmas movies and watching sports when we could. So uh and unfortunately though, there were a lot of people who lost their lives in the city of Buffalo. And my heart, you know, my thoughts go out to them. And uh I hope that, you know, people within the city are helping each other as much as possible. I saw, you know, uh, the Bills Mafia babes, Kristen Kimmick was down there shoveling out, you know, people's houses along with a bunch of other people. Um, Kate Glazer, I think it was kind of helping uh, from the news was helping lead that initiative. Um, So I hope, you know, I hope that we're all trying to get back to normalcy, find some time to celebrate, celebrate Christmas late with families and celebrate the ringing in of a new year and hopefully better times to look forward to. Uh, in 2023. So happy new year to everybody. And um, I hope that, you know, this Sabres win is one, 
the first of many to come in 2023 and be like foreshadowing better things in 2023, because I think we all have had a pretty rough year um, for the most part. And, you know, I just hope, hope, and hope that we, that things you know, get better. So, uh, but let's start talking more. We'll get back into the Sabres. Uh, how difficult is it? The, the decision for Kevin Adams to, make when it comes to UPL because these last three, three games he's really gotten his shit together. Yes. But even before that, he struggled a lot. And part of that does go to deal with injuries on your blue line. Um, so what do you do? Because you're not getting rid of Eric Comrie, in my opinion. You're not. You sign him to a deal. I can't see them getting rid of him. Or do, I mean, do, they, do they carry three goaltenders? I don't know how that works. Um, or do you allow UPL to go back down and play games? Um, cause I don't think if you wait, if you wave Eric Comrie, somebody, I think picks him up hundred percent. Um, and I don't think you're doing that to Craig Anderson, just a out of respect and B he hasn't done anything to lose his job here in Buffalo. The guy's 41 years old over tw- like 20 years in the league. I think it is. So like you, I just out of respect alone, you don't do that to that guy. So is there a trade coming? I mean, do you trade at Eric Comrie? Do you talk to Craig Anderson about that, that option? Um, I don't know. I, I think, and I'm not predicting, I think that maybe you do see UPL go back to Rochester just because they're in a situation like, what do you do? And, you know, you give Eric Comrie a fair shake to continue the success the team has had with UPL in that. And if it doesn't work, then you, there's no reason you can't go back to him. But it's a tough situ- spot for, I think, for Kevin Adams to be in because, again, Eric Comrie did nothing wrong to lose his job. But I have always said UPL needs to make it impossible for Kevin Adams to move on to, to move him back to Ro- to the AHL in Rochester. So I uh I think that if you get another win or two like this out of UPL where he plays solid like this, I think that actually I can't I can't even predict how how, how it goes. I don't know if you can carry three goaltenders. I, I don't know how that works. Um let's hope 2002 is the end of the rebuild. 13 seconds and all that heartbreak this year. 100%. Yeah, I, I agree. Let's hope that is the end. Um, but, yeah, I, I would like to see UPL stay in Buffalo. I would. Um, I've been a very big critic of Ukopeka Lukanen. Uh, one, because of the injury history. Um, he has had a lot of lower body hip issues. Um, and, B, just the inconsistency. Like, you'll see one or two huge games out of UPL, and then, you know, for a week, you know, he'll be less than average. And you don't, you can't have that out of your 1A. So I do hope that UPL has put that all behind him and that we can move forward with him as the starting goaltender with either Eric Comrie or Craig Anderson as your solid 1, 1B. So, um, and you know, good, good. Eric Comrie can kick rocks. He can sit on the bench for a lot of care. I don't disagree with you. I don't disagree with you. But, again, he has been signed to a two-year deal, and it's a one-way contract. Like they can't, they can't just send him down to Rochester. They would have to waive him. Hope nobody claims him, and then you might lose him for nothing, which isn't good. So either a have to find a good trade partner for the guy. Which again, I don't know if that's what they'll they'll be looking to do. It's a t- it's it's tough. It's a tough spot. Even Marty Baran had trouble answering that question uh, between periods. Like he, you know, and that's a guy. I think if you're going to, you know bow to in terms of knowing what to do in the situation. A guy who sat behind Miller for a few years, finally, you know, when he was traded, you know, got his chance to start with Philly and, you know, for a while, Um, you know, he didn't even have a clean answer for it. So it's tough. It is a tough decision for Kevin Adams to make coming up here. So we'll see what happens. You know, Comrie, I don't know if he's even gotten his first start in Rochester. I think he was assigned there today. So he hasn't gotten a start with the Americans yet. Normally these rehab assignments last like two or three games. So, you know, we'll have a better idea of how that goes um, over the next week, I'd imagine. Uh, But yeah, we'll see what happens. Another big thing too, um, Doug Clock here chiming in. I still can't believe Krebsy had an answer for that beautiful hit on Hall. Why does every clean it, or sorry, I still can't believe Krebsy had to answer for that beautiful hit on Hall. Why does every clean head have to be addressed? But great on Krebsy for not backing on. I agree. I was thinking that too as it happened. Um, Krebs throws a great hit into Hall, who flew back into the ref slash the boards. 
and immediately has to answer for it from Clifton. Um, I could see if it was like, you know, a borderline hit that, you know, questionable, questionable hit or even a hit that was given a penalty, but it was clean as they come. And why does he have to answer for that? Like, I didn't understand that. Is that frustration brewing over for him? Maybe him just trying to make a statement in the lineup? I don't know. But it made no sense for me. And how does that not get an instigator call either, by the way? That made no sense to me. He legitimately came for Krebs. That was his whole, whole, whole argument. Like, 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 like that was the whole thing. Like, it wasn't even close to a dirty hit. It was as clean as they come. He came for Krebs. There was no play on the puck there. He came specifically to fight Peyton Krebs. And Peyton Krebs obliged him. He's like, let's go. Let's throw some fares. Um, and good on Peyton Krebs for answering the bell. Even though it was a bell, he shouldn't have had to answer. Um, it was a good tilt. Um, Krebs went straight to the locker room. Because Clifton didn't get him, get him good once or twice there at the end. And uh, I still, I didn't have to, I didn't agree with um, him having to answer the bell. And I think, I, you know, I'm in the consensus with many Sabres fans, the majority, that that was that was bullshit that he didn't at least get an instigator penalty there. That that was a head scratcher for sure. Um, uh, whatever from Craig Malcolm. Happy New Year, bud. Buffalo is running the table this year. Let's fucking go. Agreed. Uh, you keep Comrie for next season at UPL. Maybe splits games with him and next Anderson out is mentor for both guys. Hopefully he sticks around to teach both a lot more inconsistent play. Yeah, I mean, again, I, I have to look into that how that works. You know about carrying three goaltenders, obviously. Um, obviously it's a little different when, uh, it comes to, um, you know, the previous years when you had the taxi cab squad, can't even see me with that friggin' uh, that, that paragraph that Chris Turk wrote, uh, you, you know, it's a little different when you had a taxi squad because of COVID you can carry a third. Um, that's not the case right now. I don't think I'm, I'm not sure, um, how many extra players you can carry. Uh, you know, to play as like your seventh. I don't know how that works. So again, difficult question, difficult, difficult, difficult um, questions that Kevin Adams will have to answer. Um, one of many. Um, so we'll see if Comrie really is team first and accept either demotion, benching, or rotation. Um, I think it was always going to be a rotation between the Anderson. I don't think if he was ever going to be the clear cut one A. I think it was always going to be a situation with with Anderson that. He was going to be, you know, a guy – Anderson was probably going to get one of every four starts, um, you know, every four games. In my opinion, that I think that's what the plan was to start the season so you didn't overload Craig uh, the way we did last year. Um, Comrie can't be judged in that eight-game losing streak and no top 4D, specifically Samuelson. I would like to see him with health and deep in front of him. Anderson will probably only take a trade to Florida. I agree. Um, you know, I, again, I don't – I don't advocate trading Craig Anderson because I love Craig Anderson, man. He's such, he's such a good dude. He's been through him. His family have been through a lot. He's been a great goaltender, 300 win club. Got it here, here with Buffalo. Um, he's played very well this season. Like, you know, I, I, he's done nothing wrong to deserve to be benched or be kicked out of this lineup. It, it's it, it's a tough situation if you're Kevin Adams. It really is because I think you really do have three good goaltenders. I do really do believe that. You look at Craig Anderson's numbers; they're above at well above average. Um, UPL over the last three games has had like a 940 save percentage. And Eric Comrie again, like Craig said, you can't judge him on those first eight games because his team was a train wreck. Um, you know, at, after they went seven and three, um, it was you know they were an absolute train wreck. So. Um, do I think that Kyrie could be the odd man out? Yeah, I do think. I think they, if if push comes to shove and UPL keeps playing this way, maybe they maybe they try and find a trade partner. I don't know. I, I just don't. I don't know how how. I don't know. That's a deadline move for me. I think personally, that's a move that would come at the deadline. I don't know if the trade of a goaltender midseason would happen. That's a deadline move, in my opinion. Um. Uh, Comrie is actually playing right now versus the Marlies. Uh, Doug, uh, when you get a chance, can you give us an update on that? I'd appreciate it. Um, they can carry three goalies, but that counts to the 23-man roster. And if an injury happens up front or in the back end, you are screwed because you can't put the replacement in the lineup. That's what I thought. Like, I, you know, you just can't – teams just don't carry extra goalies just to carry extra goalies. Yeah, that's what I thought. 
Um, it really would hinder you the situation where, say, Samuelson gets hurt again. Then you got to wave somebody down to Rochester to make room for a call up. Uh, that's what I thought. Um, I think the retaliation after a clean hit is because teams don't want to look like they are soft and are allowing teams to bully them, especially because it's Boston. The crowd would like like to kill them for that. I don't disagree with you. Uh, Comrie faced seven shots in the first three. It stopped seven, seven Amherst winning one, nothing. So Comrie off to a good start as rehab assignment in Rochester. Well, again, we'll see how the rest of that goes and the decisions, both Kevin Adams and, uh, Donnie meatballs, Don Granato will have to make other decisions. As I alluded to before is what do you do with this team? If they still win winning right now, they are 18, 14 and two or 18, 14 and four, I believe. Um, what do you do? Um, if you do continue to string wins together here in 2023, like what, what do you do if you're Kevin Adams? Because you don't just want to waste what's happening right now. You want to end the drought. That's the goal, right? Goal is always to win the Stanley Cup. But I think for in here in Buffalo, um, I think here in Buffalo, you want to end the drought too, just like much like the Bills did uh, a few years back. I think today is actually, ironically enough, the anniversary. I saw it on Twitter. Today is the anniversary. Uh, five-year, I think, anniversary of when the Bills ended the drought on the touchdown pass from Andy Dalton to Tyler Boyd. Uh, I was with a good friend of mine, uh, John King, in New Jersey during th- that night. Uh, we were getting ready to go to the Winter Classic Sabres versus the Rangers, uh, a weird game where Buffalo was considered the home team, I believe, because it wasn't uh, – I forget what the reason he was, uh, but Sabres were the home team. 400 miles away. It made no sense. Anyways, um, but I digress. I uh, We were there celebrating that. I remember me and my buddy John, uh, you know, I'll tweet that picture. I'm going to find that picture. I'll tweet it out later. Me and my boy John King uh, had an electric weekend, uh, well-needed re- uh, vacation for the both of us. Uh, went out to uh, Jersey for the Winter Classic. Celebrated New Year's with my bud- good buddy, Kenny Noski. Uh, and we watched the game at his house. Bills ended the drought, and then while we went to this party, while everybody's really dressed up in nice clothing, me and Chuck went out in our Bills jersey, my Freddie Jackson jersey, and I want to say he might have been wearing either a Thurman Thomas or uh, or a Bruce Smith jersey. But there's a good picture of us, and I'll tweet it out later, of us falling asleep on some stranger's couch with beer, beer in each of our hands, Just completely passed out from celebrating the Bills ending a 17-year playoff drought. Great, great times, great times. A couple clicks for the five-year anniversary of ending the drought. And hopefully this year is the Sabres on the drought. Um, I think that if you do string some more wins together here, how do you look at what you're doing right now and say, I don't improve this team? You have to improve this team. And with that being said, is it a Jacob Shecker? And I've, I've been pretty high on the potential of, going to Vancouver and weaponizing our cap space because they're a team that needs to unload cap. They have too much money tied up in the wrong players and might be willing to, you know, reward a team, so to speak, gift a team, a player in order for taking on a contract. Now, depending on who that contract is, you know, that I don't know. Um, I have thrown on the idea about Tyler Myers coming back to Buffalo. He's going out one year left on his deal. He has actually not played terribly, terribly this year in Vancouver. I think he's like a plus four. Uh, I know plus minus is a very misleading stat, but on that team, like to be a, a defenseman with a positive plus minus, that's an accomplishment. Um, take on the Tyler Myers contract for one more year. And in, in and in return, you get guy a guy like maybe a Brock Besser on the cheap. I know he'll be a UFA, but maybe a guy like Bo Horvat on the cheap. Um, I don't know, especially I I want help down the middle, but a guy like Brock Besser I think would fit very well here in Buffalo. Um, I think that it's um, I, I I think that you you know. You make that deal, and you, you, you know it's a tough because the kids' line has played very well, but I really want to have I really want to have two lines 
that are interchangeable on your second and third line. That would, that would involve bringing in a center because I don't think Casey Middlestat personally to me is getting it done as your third line center. Um, and I think I want to improve there. With that being said, I just I don't know who it is because Bo Horvat. I don't think you're you're making a deal for Bo Horvat because a he's going to want seven or eight million next season for the way he's playing this year, which I think he deserves it. I think he'll get paid it. I don't know if it's going to be Buffalo, but he'll get paid it. Um, and b um, I'm not paying that type of assets for a rental, which I think is where you kind of bring in Tyler Myers in the situation where maybe it makes it cheaper to cheaper to bring in a guy like Bo Horvat because you're taking on a contract like Tyler Myers for the next year and a half. And you can do it. You, you definitely can do it. You have the cap space to do it. So where does Tyler Myers slot in? I think he could slide into your top four to play with Owen Power. I think they are opposite shot defensemen. Um, or maybe he does slide into your bottom six. And in that case, it just gives you a lot more better depth. And I'm not even on board with baking. I'm just offering that as a suggestion because the Jacob Chikrin thing is still out there. And people keep bringing Buffalo up into that conversation and he would fit in perfectly with our top four, in my opinion. So I, uh, there's a lot of moves that can be made um, with teams that are a looking to unload cap uh, looking to rebuild teams like Chicago teams, still like Montreal who are, you know, probably, you know, looking at this Connor Bedard draft as an opportunity teams that want to be in that draft lottery conversation. Um, I think Buffalo is far removed from that conversation. Uh, I don't think, you know, anybody would argue with you with that. It's finally nice to be removed from that conversation. Um, but there are teams that know and want to be involved with that draft lottery for the next generational player in Connor Bedard, a guy who has been the consensus first overall draft pick of his class for two years now. They're talking about him like he's McDavid. And I've if you've watched him play, they are right in saying that because this kid is going to be special. This is a kid that is going to put up like 80 plus points his rookie season. You know, I'm not saying he's going to be do exactly what guys like Crosby and Ovechkin did their first season, but he's definitely capable of being a player like that. A hundred percent without a doubt. Um, if he plays a full 82 game season. So there are teams that are going to, you know, be in that convert that want to be in that conversation for Connor Bedard that are will be looking to maybe unload either a talent or B cap to uh to put them keep themselves in that conversation um because if there ever was a player to tank for like we tried to do for mcdavid uh we got the consolation prize of eichel um it is connor bedard so there are teams that are going to be making moves much like what buffalo is doing um to tank for connor bedard uh and i think buffalo is in a, is, is in a position to take on a bad contract uh and make moves like that without having to sacrifice a ton and I think that's how you get it done. I, I, I'm i not on board with sacrificing a bunch of draft capital, but I think with how good this team is playing and, you know, how the direction of this franchise is going, with the direction of the franchise is going in, um, I think that your draft picks are turning into assets. And I'd be fully on board for making, making a trade for a player either on your blue line or down the middle. Or, again, I, I'm not against a scoring winger, but – I personally think centers make the wingers and um, I, you know, I think, I, I think that you want to improve yourself down the middle for sure, because I think your top two lines are set, man. I don't think you touch those two lines at least right now, or you try and build a third line that'd be interchangeable with your second line, depending on the matchup. So um, that's just my opinion. And I think guys like Casey Middleset and Victor Olison won't finish the season with Buffalo. I just don't think they will. Um, so again, I, I don't know if I'm Kevin Adams, what I'm doing, who I'm doing with. I'm going to take a look. Um, I'm going to take a look here in the peanut gram and we'll see what you guys think. Uh, Annie Dalton is a Bills legend. Can't argue that. The Sabres were the home team that day because the Rangers can't play a home game outside of MSG, I think was the reason. Ah, okay. Um, step one, get back to the playoffs. Step two, get past the first round of the playoffs. Step three, Win it all. Step four. Sorry for blocking your face from saying too much. It's all good, bud. I love I love you for it. Uh, maybe this will work. Casey Millscat will score 30 goals. That'll put a lot of butts in seats. Um, yeah, I don't think Casey Millscat's going to score 30 goals. But, uh, again, he hasn't pissed me off as much as he used to, as much as he did in the beginning of the season. Over, I say, the last couple weeks. 
um, before, you know, we, we kind of have a stoppage because of the weather here in Buffalo. But again, he's a very hot and cold player who, because of what we have in the pipeline, because of guys like Matthew Savoy, Noah Oslin, Yuri Kulik, uh, you have Peyton Krebs who was drafted as a center. Um, I think that he becomes the God man out maybe. Uh, and regardless of how good he's playing right now, I tend to agree. Um, all of a sudden we all know, you know, his, the story on him, you know, hot and cold five on five power play specialist guy has an incredible shot, but I think Yuri Kulik has just as powerful of a shot and he's a center who can play the wing, a guy who is better five on five and makes a guy like Olsen in the future, probably expendable. Cause especially when he plays from that, Kula can play from that same spot that uh, Olsen does. And he gives you more, uh, he's more desirable five on five. Um, but those are the two guys you look at the blue line. I mean, Yoki Haru's hurt again. Um, I don't know what pieces you move on your blue line. I mean, Lobushkin had a tough game tonight, but I don't think he gets moved. Um, Yoki Haru might be a guy that you look at, look at Ryan Johnson, who maybe you trade the rights to Ryan Johnson. Cause no one really knows what he's going to do. Um, a scary Lakeskin who's already been traded. So he's out of, out of the, out of the conversation. Um, I don't know. I, I I really don't know. So there's a lot that I think that Kevin Adams has to work with. I think one thing you really have to have to look at in terms of asset is using your cap space to your advantage to teams that are strapped up against the cap teams that need to unload players off their roster, a bad contract, take on a bad contract, um, a player that's going to be serviceable for you. That maybe makes too much money. You take on part of their deal and in return, maybe you either A, get draft picks, or maybe B, you get another player on their roster that would be, you know, on the outs looking in. Guys like a Bo Horvat or a Bo Brock Besser uh, on, the cheap, on the cheaper side of things because you are taking on money for them. You're doing them a favor, essentially. We've seen it happen. You saw it happen with, with Vegas where they traded away Marc-Andre Fleury to the Minnesota Wild for literally nothing. Literally nothing. They got nothing for him. They got they took on the contract and in return they had to go nothing for him. So I'm not saying that's the deal you make, but I think you if you're Kevin Adams, those are the types of deals you're trying to make. You're trying to use that cap space to your advantage uh on deals that don't have a ton of term left. Again, I'm not saying this is the guy, but like a Tyler Myers, like a Tyler Myers, a guy who can come in, maybe improve your blue line, and in return you get because I don't think Vancouver is in, in a position to trade away draft picks, but you get a player on their roster now that can help your team now uh, cheaper than what you would have if you didn't take on the contract. That's the point I'm making. Um, with that being said, um, it's been a great time. Been on here for almost an hour with you guys, 50, 50 minutes running over that. Uh, huge win for the Sabres, 4-3 to three in overtime. Um, can't express enough how happy and elated I am to end 2022 that way and head into 2023 with a six game winning streak. Uh, Tage Thompson for the Hart trophy. Uh, Rasmus Tallinn for the Norris. Those are, those are initiatives for 2023. That's our new year's resolutions. Uh, definitely looking at the all-star game this year. You should probably you could possibly see two to three Sabres on that, on that roster for sure. Um, but again, I digress. Um, we'll see what happens. Will this be like the year where we're, where we all voted, you know, night and day, like we used to do for, for Briere and Drury and Miller and Campbell, the year of the all-star game, uh, the year we had three players in it. So maybe, maybe that's what we need to do this year. Cause there's zero reason why both Tage Thompson and Rasmus Dahlin shouldn't be near the top of the voting for, uh, for all-star votes this season. We need to get back to that fan base, be that fan base again, who literally just hammered Twitter hammered social media, hammered in those emails to get our players into the all-star game. Uh, make it more, make it more desirable to watch. Uh, maybe, maybe Tage Thompson could uh, score six goals like Breer. I think if Breer scored four or five, he won that big truck as the MVP uh, of the all-star game. Let's get Tage. Let's get Tage that truck or Dolly in that truck. So uh, I'll hang up and listen. It's been, a, it's been real. Um, one last comment here. Maybe this oh, – no, we already saw that one. Yeah. Yeah, Casey Mills, that will never score 30 goals. Uh, I'll hang up and listen. It's been real. Happy New Year to all of you. Um, 
Go Sabres. Go Bills. Um, and remember, this has been brought to you by Outlet Liquor, the place to buy a case over on George Urban Boulevard. Uh, get over to Outlet Liquor for all of your adult beverage needs, either for Sabres game night or Bills game day or primetime Monday night, Bills versus Cincy, Josh Allen versus Joe Burrow. Get over to Outlet Liquor, the place to buy a case. Shout out to my buddy, Nick Fatty, Fatty Beer Company, for uh, going out of his way uh, for the Buffalo Strong Tournament. Donated $1,500 to the cause. Really helped us a lot. Appreciate you, Nick. Get over to Fatty Beer Company, too, as well. Uh, tonight for their New Year's Eve party, if you can. So I'll hang up and listen. Happy New Year to you all, and go Sabres. Hey, everybody, this is Dwayne from Two Goalies, One Mike, a show where we give you a behind-the-mask coverage of the greatest sport on earth, whether it be happening right here in Buffalo or around the hockey world. Now you might be thinking, hey, Dwayne, why would I want to hear what you two idiots have to say about hockey? Well, first of all, rude. Second of all, we bring in coaches, players, analysts from your favorite programs from ESPN to Sportsnet to TSN. We're always on it. If you're a Sabres fan or just a hockey fan, you can download us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, you can check us out at trainwrecksports.com or the Dean Blundell Podcasting Network. Thank you for your support, guys, and I'll hang up and listen. I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent. Almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.